Welcome to Ride the Line, the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. My name is Tanner Kern, certified J, bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. In this right here, this is G Money Grant Mitchell. We're giving you the NBA picks for Friday, February 2nd, and you can't teach that. Bada boom, man, the people in the room. Grant, how you doing? Well, it's Friday, Tanner, so it's hard not to be enthused by the weekend that we got coming up ahead. I told you off camera, I got some big plans for today. Um, and you know what? I will say it is a little bit weird being here on a Friday, not giving out some NFL picks, but I guess that's the reality we have to accept. I mean, we've only got one more NFL weekend for the next, what, like eight, nine months now? Yeah, definitely. So we'll figure out how the show is going to run after that, um, and we will keep you guys posted. But it is sad to be here and not giving out NFL picks. I'm curious what you're getting for your tattoo, though. You told me. I want. I want. I want the people to know. Uh, you might have to. You might have to stick around and see it on Monday. That that's where I'm going. Those are my weekend plans. I'm, as soon as we finish recording here, I'm going over to the tattoo shop. So uh, probably be there for most of the day. But maybe I'll give you guys a look on Monday. Is it a full sleeve? Are you finishing the sleeve? Uh, no, it's actually going um, somewhere else. I'll, I'll tell you about it off the camera. Getting it on your butt. Yeah, that's exactly. I'm getting a tramp stamp. <laughs> a tramp stamp there for you. Uh, well, anyways, guys, we're giving you NBA picks for today. But before we get into that, make sure you subscribe to the channel, like, share, do it all. Every verb, as I say, that has something to do with growing this podcast. Make sure you do it down below, guys, and comment. We'll get right back to you. Also, check us out on social. All those links are down there and on the website on WSN.com. Grant, we were talking about the Celtics and Lakers. You got a different idea than I do about load management and all that. I thought LeBron should have been out there last night. I thought AD, I don't even know, whatever. If they can walk, I feel like they should be out there. If they can clip their nails on the uh, sidelines, I feel like they should be out there. But the Celtics still lost, and Jason Tatum is still soft when he needs to be a dog. Yeah, I don't like you burying the lead. The the lead is not AD and LeBron sitting out. And, you know, look, I don't, I don't like load management. I think, you know, someone like LeBron's age, I can certainly cut him break more than other guys. I think you're just focusing on this a little too much. Stars sit out all the time. Uh, we've seen it happen in a lot of games recently. We saw the controversy Joel Embiid got in. And then, of course, he tried to rush his way back, ended up tearing his meniscus. But I, the biggest story here is absolutely the Celtics losing that game. They're 22-2 and at home. 15 and a half point favorites going against the Lakers team that is struggling. You know, the calling card of the Lakers, if they have one, is defense. They were bottom 10 in defensive rating in January, down their two best players on the road, and they've been terrible on the road, winning like 40% of their games, and they win by double digits or was nine, 10 points, whatever it was. It was a convincing win. It wasn't win. close. It was never close. Yeah. No, they were ahead like a lot most of the game. Austin Reeves makes seven threes, scores 32. Jalen Brown had four points in the first two minutes and then scored four points in the next 46 he's minutes. He's terrible. He's not good. Like the only reason he's an all-star is because his name's Jalen Brown. I, I just like... Like, you know, when we say players aren't play, aren't good or whatever, like we are talking about compared to what they can be in their expectations. Like, obviously, Jalen Brown scoring 22 points tonight. Like, he's a good MVP, NBA, uh, NBA player, blah, blah, blah. But he should be putting up MVP numbers if he's the highest paid player in NBA history. Like, this is just a, a game where you cannot lose and you score eight points. And Tatum, like, Tatum does that thing where he makes a ton of threes but doesn't do anything else. Like, I think he made five threes and finished with 23 points. Like, you're already at 15 off the threes alone. Just get yourself some easy shots, but he couldn't get anything to go down. And somehow the Lakers won. You know, many people are asking now, do they even need LeBron and Anthony Davis? Is Austin Reeves the future in L.A.? 
Austin Reeves is the best player on the team, Grant. I think he forgot that. He's a Austin Reeves is a dog. That's why I needed uh, Tatum last night. Um, but fun fact, Drew Holiday, he had, I think, 21 games with five plus assists against the Lakers. He did it again last night. That was the one shining, shining star for the Boston Celtics. But Jason Tatum was terrible. Jalen Brown should be ashamed of himself. Yeah, when we say a player's not good, we don't mean he's not good. Like obviously Jalen Brown could school me in one-on-one. I'm not good at basketball. But Jalen Brown, I don't think he's like a super max player. I don't see it from him. If you he's can't the highest paid player in NBA history, like he, he, he has to be less. better than that. He, you could do a 30 for 30 on how he became the highest paid player in NBA history without knowing how to use his left hand. That's pretty impressive. I, that's inspirational. Honestly, that, that is generational bag chasing. <laughs> <laughs> like you just need, that's 50% of your body, like 50% of your limbs. And he's making $60 million a year. Yeah, that was a wild one in the NBA last night. It was sad to watch. I mean, not sad. I mean, you kind of knew the whole game, the Celtics. It was just going to be a game they weren't going to win. Like, so I went to the the Clippers game on Friday. Was it Friday? Yeah, last Friday, mm-hmm. last Saturday, and it was the worst display of basketball I think I've ever seen in my life. And they they almost topped it last night, but I do think the Clippers' loss was a lot worse because they just they caved. I mean, you had the you had the 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 YMCA pickup lineup in there in like the beginning of the fourth quarter, not with like two minutes to go. The Clippers very quietly are they have the best record in the NBA since I think it's the middle of November. They're they're like 28 and 8 since November 17th, which is kind of wild. All right. So before we get into the pick, I do have a question about the Clippers. They're minus nine and a half tonight at the Pistons. They are, I did some stats here, 12 and 4 against the spread since December 29th. But the Pistons actually eight and one against the spread in their past nine games. They've been crushing. So, like quick lean, who would you go with there? Uh I would so I would probably probably go clippers but i wouldn't personally bet it like i I would not bet on it um i actually do have a player prop in that game which isn't even a a pick on the show here but i was just looking at some stuff earlier and jalen duran 24 and a half uh points plus rebounds guy that's averaging i think 14 and 12 and he's He's got like 43 rebounds and 42 points in his last three games. He's been crushing. Um, and the Clippers are a good team, but they're not necessarily great at rebounding or on their interior defense. So I think Duren could have a like, good night. I agree. I, I like nine and a half when it went up to like 11 and a half, which it did very quickly yesterday. I'd probably just stay away. But I'll get into the pick first today, Graham. We'll shift it up a little bit. I'll go Suns minus three and a half at the Hawks here. The Atlanta Hawks are not playing well right now. One and five against the spread in their past six games. One win in this span was against Lakers, who, you know, did beat the Boston Celtics last night. But still, I wouldn't write home about that. The Lakers were very inconsistent. Um, even they're still inconsistent. Suns are three and two against spread in their past five games. They've looked good. The the past two dominant wins over Miami and Brooklyn. They're also 14 and nine on the road. The Hawks are just 10 and 13 at home. If you're 10 and 13 at home, I don't want to bet on you. That should be where you win in the NBA. Uh, Kevin Durant's been spectacular as of late, coming off the 33 point game in his return to Brooklyn. Shot over 60% from the field in two of his past four and he's been over 53 percent in four straight games Devin Booker's also been really good he had the uh the big 62 point scoring uh night against Pacers a week ago but the combination of KD and Booker I think is just gonna wear this team down love Trey Young love DeJounte Murray just not enough for the Hawks to get it done tonight I was very close to making this my pick for the show as well. Um, I don't know if this is still true, but at one point the Hawks were 10 and 30 against the spread. And that was the worst at that point in the season in league history. They're now 12 and 35. They cover in 25% of games, which again, is just atrocious. Now Phoenix isn't great. They cover in 39% of games. They have the fourth worst record against the spread in the league. 
but they're still covering 14% more of the times than the Hawks are. The Hawks' defense is, is egregious. I think it's 27th in defensive rating for the year, really not showing much improvement. Um, and, you know, DeJounte Murray isn't necessarily small, but he's small when you consider him and Trey Young are in a backcourt going against Devin Booker and Bradley Beal. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a game where Phoenix – the only thing I worry about – is their back to it's a it's a road back to back with them as favorites in both games. That's the only thing I would worry about. Um, but I would still be picking them as well. There you go. All right, Grant, give me your first pick. Yeah, so um, I'm going to take the San Antonio Spurs at home at plus eight and a half against the New Orleans Pelicans. Now I like the Spurs earlier in the week against the Magic. I think they were also. No, they were five-and-a-half-point dogs there. Um, super close game. They, they put together a really good comeback. Looked like they were in a cover for a long time. They ended up losing by 10. Didn't get the job done down the stretch, and the Orlando Magic closed them out. But I feel like they can get a result here against the Pelicans. Now, the Pelicans are a very good team. They're only seventh in the Western Conference. But when I was making my power rankings, which I do uh, every week for WSN, WSN.com, go on over, check those out. Believe I had them at number 10 this week, and that's where they've been for the last few weeks, again, despite being seventh in their own conference. This is just an extremely well-rounded team. Like Offensive and defensive rating, net rating, rebound rate, uh, three-point percentage, three-point defense, like points in the paint, assist to turnover ratio, just a whole bunch of metrics. They're in the top 12 in like everything. There's not, it's really hard to find one area they're not in the top 12 in. So they're one of the most balanced teams in the league. That being said, they have lost four of their last six games. Um, they've got some injury concerns. Zion and Herb Jones are both questionable for this game. But even if they do play, the Spurs recently, I know it's not reflected in their results. They're like 10 and 38 or something like that. But over the last month, they were 17th, 16th or 17th in net rating. So playing as far as performances, just about middle of the road uh, basketball. They're better at home. Wemby is balling out of his mind. He's averaging 24 points, nine and a half rebounds, three and a half blocks, three and a half assists, and just about 26 minutes per game. Um, and Popovich is finally starting to take him off the leash, too. He played 30-plus minutes in three straight games. First time that happened since the start of December. So I'll look at the Spurs here. They covered in 11 of their last 16 games. And I feel like they can continue that against the Pelicans while they're struggling a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a, it's a good play. I do like the Pelicans a lot. I think they're a fun young team, but the Spurs just have Victor Wembanyama. He's been delivering, and like you said, he's been off the leash a little bit. So um, that's helped them. Hey, what happened to uh... – Zion's baby mama. That I feel like that drama just shifted away. Adam, Adam Silver put out he put out the boss call. Like he, he phoned up his not his hit men, but the men in black, and they took her phone away. I don't know what happened, but she disappeared off the face of the earth. Like she was going, she was going really hard for a while. Um, with all I, the, I know they suspended stuff. her Twitter account, and I think Zion threatened to sue her for harassment. Gotcha. Yeah, because I was wondering that. Just like I feel like that was going on like not long ago, but then it just totally I never heard about it again. I just thought about it because you brought up the Pelicans. That's so. the, that's the news cycle though. Like the headline news one week is completely forgotten about the next week. Yeah. Anyways, good pick. I like it. Eight points is a lot on the road to cover, so like it. Um, Magic plus seven and a half. Grant the Magic are the best spread team in the NBA kind of surprising there I wouldn't have thought that but 31 17 against the spread even though the magic are 10 and 16 on the road they're still covering they're getting a nice number tonight here Timberwolves are riding high after two dominant wins against the Thunder and the Mavericks Anthony Edwards scored 25 and a half points per game leading the team dominance combined with Carl Anthony Towns been very tough to stop also Rudy Gobert down the paint big physical Timberwolves team that's the area where I think the magic could struggle in this one a little bit but the Timberwolves are just 15 
15 and 16 against the spread after a win as a home favorite. They're nine and eight against the spread. So not a lot to write home about as a road dog. The magic's still getting the job done 12 and nine against the spread seventh in the NBA. I think Paula Bonquero is going to put up some big numbers after getting selected to the all-star game, averaging 23 points. He matches up well with Anthony Edwards, but the size advantage for Minnesota, um, definitely still a concern. Wendell Carter Jr. has got to have a big night, but if he can get out to a big start and same thing with this magic team, they got to get out to a fast start on the road here. If they do that, I still think they can cover seven and a half against a really good uh, Timberwolves team. Yeah, the Magic were what top five defensive and rebounding team for the first couple of months of the season. That's how they were able to get off to such a hot start. They've fallen back a little bit. Now they're probably like in that 10 to 12 range. And you've seen that's had enough to drop them from a top four team in the East to barely above 500. And, and it's because, you know, we know their offense isn't the best. That being said, though, Bancaro back-to-back months averaging 25 points per game. So he's starting to come to life a little bit. The Timberwolves want to win with their defense. Uh, obviously, they've got the best defensive rating in basketball. That would be the thing, uh, the concern that you would look at. But the Magic, again, you know, they're starting to find more success on offense. And when you're going against a defensive team, it's going to be an intense matchup. And you know you have the person on defense to make this happen um would i bet this it's probably not my favorite pick of the day but looking at the lines i feel like the magic is the better side to be on there you go go magic i like boncaro a lot he's a dog yeah he's really good it's so cool to see how many first time all-stars there were in the east you had brunson obviously uh boncaro maxi halliburton was the second time but it's his first time starting it's just pretty cool to see the the youthful revolution the reason i bring this up is because i was doing like a little I don't even want to call it a mock draft because it was just me. But I was I was just thinking about the Team USA roster because Draymond Draymond on his podcast said that he's waiting for the call. And I was like, well, Draymond, the, the coach of Team USA is the coach of the Golden State Warriors, Steve Kerr. Like, I feel like he would have told you by now if he was interested in you. Um, but I was going through the roster in my head, and I was like, okay, well, at the guards, who are some of the top guards? Well, Dame and Kyrie and Steph, oh, they're all old. And then at forwards, we've got – Tatum and LeBron and uh, Durant and Tatum's really the only young one there and Paul George and Kawhi they're all old and Jimmy Butler and then if we go to center we're looking at like Anthony Davis and you know Bam's not old but Bam's not young it's like we're the NBA is missing a lot they need a, a new generation of not just good players but stars and so it's really cool to see those guys get in there especially Ben Carroll I was advocating for him to get in and I'm glad that he made the team yeah Jalen Brown shouldn't have made the team you i mean you have to so both uh both one seeds got two players the wolves got anthony edwards and carl anthony towns the celtics got tatum and brown and i mean i feel like that's fair the two best players on the best teams in the league i feel like you got to get them in there you got to get them in there because they get paid what where was austin reeves so he was like seventh or eighth in the fan vote um i don't think he made the player vote and i would i would be surprised if he made the media vote as well I'm surprised the frat boys didn't get him in there. Well, I mean, even still, I forget the exact percentage breakdown, but I think the fans might have like 50% say, and then the rest the other 50% goes to players and media members. So even if the fans had him number one, I don't I don't think he would have gotten in there. Well, that's the way it should be, because you're looking at the Pro Bowl last night and you're just seeing these quarterbacks wing the ball over. And now, again, they were all secondary selection quarterbacks, I believe, right? Gino yeah, but was- just cancel the event like. Look, look at the quarterbacks that were out there. Baker's a dog. It was, who was it? It was Baker, Gino, Gino Tua. 
I don't know. I saw the highlights of Baker and Gino throwing the ball over the like Baker missed wide right. Gino just like threw it over the freaking tarp that was covering the thing. So wait. Uh, okay, let's see here. It was Baker, Gino, um, I think Stafford. That's the NFC, and then I don't know. The the, the point being the, the talent that was out there was just not good. Like it's you gotta cancel the Pro Bowl at this point. It's just it's just not worth it. The only thing that anybody even cares about is probably the dodgeball game, and you don't need a whole event for that. Like just just call it off at this point. No, or do like a fan meet and greet or something. Like, don't have your don't don't disrespect the game with a flag football game as your Pro Bowl. Like, don't do that. And then um, also, <laughs> if you're gonna pick these players and put them out for these competitions when they look like trash, when two to us, you know, Tua set the all time record for the worst score in the precision passing game or whatever. Really, like, this is the guy that was in the MVP conversation for most of the year. It just it's just not worth it at this point. No. All right, Grant, final pick. Um, so I'm going to go the over on DeMontis Sabonis' PRA, and I just closed out of it, but I do believe it's 41 and a half. Let me, uh, let me just double-check that real quick. Yeah, uh, nope, that's rebounds plus this. I need the PRA. 41 and a half for Sabonis. Yep, that's what it was. Sabonis just played one of the best months of regular season basketball in modern NBA history, and I know it's easy to miss that. Kings on the West Coast, um, and it's also the Kings. You know, they don't get as many national games as the Warriors or the Nuggets or even the Thunder, teams like that. But look at what Sabonis did in January. 21 points, 14.5 rebounds, 9 assists per game on 67% field goal shooting and 71% three-point shooting. Now, he doesn't take a ton of threes. He only takes one per game, but shooting 67% of the field, that is ridiculous. And he's going against an Indiana Pacers team that has one of the worst defenses in basketball. Granted, it's better than it was, but that means they've gone from 30th in defensive rating to, I think, 23rd in January. They're also, I believe, 23rd in rebound rate. So, um, no, actually, I lied. They've gotten a lot better at rebounding recently, but their defensive rebounding still isn't the best. And Sabonis is clearly one of the best rebounders in basketball. Actually leads the league right now, 13 boards per game. Um, you saw the New York Knicks last night. The Pacers are on the second night of a back-to-back. The Knicks last night were able to come from 15 down, beat them, and a lot of that was because they out-rebounded them 60-44. to So, Sabonis, so we know the Pacers have struggles guarding big men anyway, so he should be able to score, and signs are pointing to him having a strong night on the boards too. And then he's averaging assists for the season nine in the month of January. So, it's just solid all around. I feel like this is a very good pick to have. Yeah, I like it. Pacers don't play an ounce of defense either, so that's another reason to to go over there. So nice work, Grant. Thank you, thank you, Tanner. I like what you're doing. You're innovating. We'll player prop this morning. Well, that was a loaded show. We had a couple NBA picks there. A player prop. We talked about a little Pro Bowl. We talked about. We didn't even. I didn't think talk about the Pro Bowl this morning. So I'm glad that came up. Yeah, me too. Um, speaking of innovating, by the way, have you seen some of the Taylor Swift props you can bet on? Yeah, like those are all in like Canada. Like the will Taylor Swift propose on FanDuel? Like Canada lets you do whatever the hell you want, basically. Like you can bet on you can bet on the the national anthem there. I think you can bet on all that stuff in Canada. Um, but yeah, so, I, will he propose? I would nuke minus two fifty for no. Like go put drop a dime on that. 
Oh yeah, I agree. Um, so these are from offshore sports books, and you know we're, we're we're we only advocate for legal regulated sports books. But just look at some of the things that do exist out there. You can bet on Taylor Swift's primary color of her top coming off of her plane. You can say you can bet on will Tra- uh, Taylor Swift wear Travis Kelsey's jersey during the game. I feel like that's got to be a lock. Taylor Swift's lipstick color red minus fifteen hundred. Any other colors plus six hundred. Uh, will NFLshop.com offer a Swift Chiefs jersey before week one of the next season? Yeah. Um, will Taylor Swift's travel from Japan to Las Vegas be shown during the television broadcast? Like, there's a ridiculous amount of markets that you can actually bet on here. Well, you know, like Good Morning America or the Today Show, I'll have like a Taylor watch and it'll be like just tracking her like freaking that thing when you used to watch when you're a kid, like the Santa watch. The Santa, yeah. Yeah. The Santa watch when he's always over Europe or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of thing you know, they'll, they'll have that for uh for taylor swift that's pretty cool though i i think i i mean i, I don't mind taylor swift being there go chiefs i don't care i want her to be there propose at the end i don't know make out with taylor swift tongue him on the field i don't really care i, I want to see the chiefs win the game what i find uh what i find very interesting is i read a little report um just some some sports business industry analysts were talking about how the impact of Taylor Swift could actually change the way that the game is marketed um, or the, the, the companies that buy the Super Bowl ads. Cause like, I don't know what the price is this year, but I know in years past, it's been like $7 million for a, a 30 minute ad slot. But all of a sudden, a lot of beauty companies are a lot more interested than they have been in years past because the Swifties and, and the Taylor Swift fans are going to be watching this game more. So they're going to have more of an audience to market to. So I just thought that was a cool little, um, you know, that, of course, this has nothing to do with the game, but I still thought it was a cool little cause and effect situation. Here's the the, the overall biggest issue, I think, with the game is like the fact that I don't know if you saw the, the quote yesterday from uh, Olivia Culpo or from for, from Christian McCaffrey's mom that McCaffrey and Culpo can't afford a suite at the game. And like, that's, that's kind of sad to me, honestly. I feel like the players should be able to get a suite. The, the, the Super Bowl is, it, it's, it's a rich man's game. It, it, especially it in Vegas. Yeah. Especially it, in Vegas. It, it, yeah. Like I think the cheapest ticket in the nosebleed is like $10,000. It, it just, yeah. it sucks. Especially when you see a sport like soccer, soccer is the biggest sport in the world. And then you see how these fans turn out, like they're ripping their shirts off and they have like flaming torches and they have chants going for the whole 90 minutes. And then it's the Super Bowl. It's just a bunch of rich people. A lot of whom probably aren't even fans of the chiefs or the Niners. They're just there for a weekend experience in Las Vegas. So it's unfortunate the way that it shakes out. Yeah. Like suites going for over a million dollars. Like again, there's people out there that can pay that, but like over a million dollars for a suite. That's, I don't know why you'd want to, even if you're worth like a hundred million dollars, I guess it's an experience, but like even if you're worth a hundred million, you're giving away 1% of your, your net worth to buy a suite for three hours. Like, I don't know if it's worth it. And like, just taking everything else out of it, like the experience aside, it's a lot more comfortable just to sit on your couch and watch the game. Like it is. you can get like a 70, 80 inch TV. You can be fully immersed in from the comfort of your own home versus pay a million dollars to go sit, you know, with a bunch of strangers and some uncomfortable chairs. I don't even remember the, like last year, I think the cheap, and I could be totally wrong about this, but I feel like when I was looking at tickets last year, I, like I knew people that went to the game and bought tickets. Like, I don't know anyone this year that's going to the game, buying a ticket. Um, but I think last year it was like 3,000, 2,000, like in that range for the cheapest ticket. I don't know. 
Yeah. Well, whatever the case may be, we got about a week until kickoff here. And Tanner and I are going to be back next week to give you all our favorite bets for that game. We have been pretty dialed in throughout the playoffs, so we're going to try to keep it running next week. We got game picks with spreads, money lines, totals. And then we're going to talk player props, get everything going just in time for the Super Bowl. But that's going to do it for this episode of Ride the Line. Tanner, take us on out of here. That was Ride the Line, the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. We'll see you on Monday for another episode.